Welcome to another GNA podcast. Hope you guys are all feeling great tonight. I'm feeling fantastic. Been pre-graining a, a little bit like normal. We uh, we're gonna have a great show tonight. Uh, our our topics are uh, are bad movies <laughs> because you know what? There are so many of them out there that we just had to talk about it. I, I had to bring this Nothing up. Nothing better than a bad movie that's so bad it's funny. Exactly, exactly. And there you just heard them. There's D from Microbrew Gamers. Prost. Drinking up some watch use it light IPA today. And we got Zyberblood joining us. Hey back for more torture. And Blue Shark. And actually 45. we're uh, together over here this time. Zyber and uh, myself are actually in one location. Oh, that's nice. So when you hear the it's coming from them. Just so you know, I'm on top. <laughs> <laughs> and Blue Shark forty five is joining us again. Is everybody ready for diving? Ah, yes, yes, diving, good, Not yeah. diving. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us on the show tonight. Hey, no problem, man. Love so, being here. It's always good to be here. We got a new segment tonight. We're uh, we're actually going to, we've got ask the audience questions, um, or or questions from the audience. I guess I've been pre-graining way too much. <laughs> um and we're going to incorporate videos from the audience because, I mean, we've got we've got a, a great community going on. And we definitely want to incorporate, uh, you know, we definitely want to pump them up and say, hey, check this out from this person. But cool part is, is that D from Microbrew Gamers, uh, he actually posts out videos on YouTube and VidMe. And you just did a recent one. What was the recent one about? Well, uh, the title of the recent one is Wachusa Brewing IPA and Chrono Trigger Tips. Um, now, what I normally do with my videos is I like to go do a little, uh, I like to actually go to a nice mi- microbrewery or small brewery, local breweries in the area, and uh, take a look at the uh, all the craft beers. And then I'll re- review a uh, craft beer from one of the breweries, and then I'll usually like uh, go into then a review of, like, say, a really good game. Uh, so I've been doing pretty much um, microbreweries and then, like, current games, but uh, I've always been a really, really big fan of retro. I grew up back in the days of the Atari NES. So I wanted to go back and try something a little bit different with this particular um, video, and I wanted to try a few different like series or playlists. This particular one, I'm actually going into a retro game, uh, retro game, <laughs> Chrono Trigger, and uh, so I review a Wachusa Brewing IPA, the light IPA, which is what I'm drinking now. So <laughs> I cut quite a few of them, and then I basically go into some nice beginning tips for uh, starting off in Chrono Trigger. So I, I explore kind of the retro side on that, which. Which is nice, but um, I would say uh, definitely check, take it, take a look, check it out if you like, uh, of course, beer and of course retro games or games in general. Uh, I would say check it out on my website, which is microbrewgamers with a Z, not an S at the end. dot com, or you can also find same microbrewgamers with a Z on YouTube. And now I'm actually opening up on VidMe, uh, which is kind of like an alternate to the uh, YouTube, since a lot of people are jumping ship with the uh, all the. Uh, big issues and the, and the advertisers leaving so uh yeah that's it's kind of what i'm doing with that so i thought i'd go in a couple different uh routes and expand upon what i was doing with the uh with the show very nice very nice i've, I've watched several of your videos so definitely if you're if uh if you're interested checking out some some interesting videos check out d from microbrew gamers um Wachuse it brewing ipa and chrono trigger tips uh, great video. Good tips at uh, good tips in there yeah, too. It's, um, very it's fun. One of the best videos so far. It's definitely come a long way since its beginning. I liked uh, what you guys talked about as far as the difference between the benefits of having certain beers in glass versus certain beers in cans. 
Yeah. Yeah, very informative yeah. videos, and I've seen I've seen a couple of yours, and you've got a couple like I saw there was one the we, the switch unboxing. Well, go check him out. He's he's definitely it's definitely a great fun time. Good videos. But uh, what's everybody drinking tonight? We already know D is drinking some Wahoosit IPA. Uh, Zyberblood, you you sharing in the same? Absolutely, man. Getting that white can up in my mouth. Hey, right, so uh, what's it like? Tell me about it. Well, it's um, it's an India Pale Ale, so it is a little bit more hoppy. It's uh, oh, yeah. IBUs are about forty, but it's actually not a bad. It's not one of those overpowering hoppy beers, which I don't like. Um, so it's definitely it definitely relies heavy on the malt as well, so it kind of smooths that out. It's been a kind of a steady taste throughout the whole can, um, which I like because, uh, like you know, I, I my favorite. If anybody watches a lot of my videos, you know my favorite beers are the sweeter. Wheat-based beers like yeah, the uh, Belgian white beers, it's the Hefeweizens. Uh, um East Coast IPA. But I'm not a big fan of very hoppy beers, but this one balances it right, so I find it actually pretty decent, refreshing, but not overly too hoppy. So this one is actually for a pale ale. I'm, I'm digging it. I really am. Well, you're going to have to save me one for when I get up there and uh, chill out because I am a huge, I be, I've become a huge IPA fan. And I've had all sorts, so that really sounds good. So Blue Shark, um, actually, I think you uh, you have you have canceled your drinking for the evening. Is that correct? I, I right before we started the recording, I finished off my last glass of uh, my local uh, brewery called Wicked Barley, and uh, it's called the Duval Double. Um, it's like a Belgian double, except they have kind of like a chocolate yeast to it, which adds kind of a, like a little sweet finish to it. Um, it's a kind of a, it's not, it's somewhere between, uh, well, it's closer to red as far as the color, uh, like a reddish brown. Amber? Yeah. Well. Oh, so it's a nice amber color. Yeah. So, um, I finished that off and, uh, now I'm drinking, uh, water with uh, lemon cause as I mentioned uh, to you guys earlier, I'm going scuba diving tomorrow. Dude, I am Which, so uh, jealous. I'm, I'm jealous. So freaking <laughs> yeah, jealous. Yeah, absolutely jealous. It's been a year, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Man, my last scuba diving. I come to scuba diving is when my nuts hit the water. <clears throat> yeah, I. Yeah. As a kid, I always loved yeah, going in the pool. Yeah, drag me down. Um, I loved like swimming around in the water, like imagining I'm like a penguin flying through the water. It was just, I loved it so much. I think my hair turned blonde one summer as a kid from swimming. From the chlorine <laughs> yeah. in the pools? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, me too. Dude, I'm so freaking jealous because uh, last, my last dive experience, unfortunately, didn't go so well. Ended with some barotrauma. And, uh, yeah, almost died there, bud. Yeah, I didn't almost die. We weren't, we weren't deep enough for me to die. But, uh, well, actually, I did hold my breath for a while there, so I could have popped, popped along. But I didn't. It was he, all right. He, Just, uh, he, tried, he tried to do the, uh, the end of, um, oh, God, what was that movie? Uh, it was an old 80s movie where they uh, – we're on Mars, and they ended up. Uh, the main character ended up outside before the uh, atmosphere. Oh, uh, total, total recall. The recall. recall where the eyes are starting to bug out. That's what he was trying to do. His eyes are yeah. starting to go all googly. Ah. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad, but it it was bad. It, don't get me wrong, it was bad. But uh, you just nailed on on actually one of my favorite movies. That honestly, I mean, with the effects that were in it for the time, they were they were decent. But man, the acting liked in it. that movie was so horrendous. It was yeah, just so Jesus, bad. Yes. And then they had to kill the, like, uh, nostalgic value with a remake. Oh, with Colin Farrell's remake? You know, if yeah. if the original Total Recall never came out and I just saw the one from Colin Farrell, I could hate the movie perfectly fine. 
But that yeah. there was an original Total Recall, I had to try to like that one. Not that I don't like Colin Farrow. I like Colin Farrow. He's a dickhead. He's an asshole. You know, he absolutely. But I love him. Guy. I love him. I, he's just he's 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 that kind of guy. I, I just he's everybody's asshole. Yeah, I like that statement. But uh, there are definitely some great bad movies out there, and then there's some really kind of bad a bad Dennis movies. Dennis Leary. Out there. So. That was one of the things I, 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 I'm I totally interested to hear from you guys because I've got a list. I, I could go on to Cecil Storytime for the next four <laughs> hours on bad movies that I've seen. Blockbuster. I almost wish we had my dad on this segment. He is the master of bad movies. Oh, God, yeah. I, well, we've watched some over at your house when we were younger where he had some really oh, yeah. bad oh, yeah. movies on. Now, uh, you, you guys talk about remakes. Now, this is not a remake. It's a spoof, and it's a horrible movie and it's one of those like you know it's really really fucking bad but you watch this train wreck anyway and uh like the scream movies uh, no no this is this is this is like making fun of a movie franchise that some people do not like and they think it needs to die and it's called super fast and it's a spoof on the Fast and oh, Furious, yeah. and I think yeah, it came right. out around the time that Fast and Furious Three Tokyo Drift uh, was out, which is the last one I saw. By the yeah, way, yeah, and, and they Ditto. make fun of all of the stuff that they do in there, and like <laughs> they make fun of Vin Diesel and you know his clothing choices and for the movie and good. the the. <laughs> And the women in there, and all, all, the whole plot line is it's like the, I think they were like outside of like a taco house at one point, like trying to uh, avoid ca- being captured by like the main villain in there. But it's it is a train wreck of a movie, but it it does have its funny moments in there. Oh man, at the. Uh... As I say, that, that that goes into like the the scary movies, or yeah, I think it was scary movies that were a spoof on yeah. screen. Yeah. I mean those those yep. parody movies are always always entertaining to watch. Take my strong <laughs> But like, but like the, that's a that's a good bad movie. I mean, th- oh, that yes. was aiming to be bad. But then you get movies like, okay, like Evil Dead. Now, that movie actually, oh, I God. love those. I, I love the I Evil love Dead Evil movies. Dead. Don't get me wrong, and and don't take my next statement. My next statement will probably get a whole bunch of people to turn the, turn this off right now. But the Evil Dead movies, minus Army of Darkness, which was meant to be cheesy, they were just which is my bad. favorite movie from that. They were just absolutely bad. I mean, they were they were legitimately trying to be a horror movie, and I have yeah. never laughed so hard in my life. The first Evil the- Dead. I, I was in tears, laughing so hard. The main the uh, the main Bruce Campbell made that oh, yes. movie though. He did. Yeah, Bruce, made that whole franchise. You know what? You know what Bruce Campbell's one weakness is? He actually has a lot of trouble with his with remembering his lines. Yeah, really. Uh, and the the reason why I know that is he's actually a really cool guy. But I'm one of those like real B rated movies. Uh, I think it was called Icebreaker. Yeah, your dad My was dad, in that one. My dad was in that, and they wound up cutting the whole section he was in, but my dad actually acted with Bruce Campbell in a small B-rated movie. Oh, that's cool. No shit. I, I no remember shit. that. It actually, actually, he, but he said, he's like, he's like, the guy can't remember his lines for shit. You know, he's, he's not like a phenomenal actor. He's like, but he's a hell of a cool guy. Well, uh, if you ever so actually watch actually the movie it. Icebreakers, keep an eye. There's a scene right towards the end 
where Bruce Campbell actually says something to a bunch to a couple guys and says, I forget what it was, but it was like something like go get them or go do this, go do that. And you'll see two guys like jump almost like they're in like a uh, in like a, a football training camp. They do like this jump startle and then they run back to some snowmobiles. The dude that is on the stage right is your dad. I yeah. pegged him out. I watched that movie because I, I forget. I forget. What, oh, it was he actually, Netflix. I fucking found it on Netflix. He, he was actually kind of upset because his speaking lines got cut. But he, I mean, he wasn't super upset, but he was kind of bummed. He was like, man, I was kind of bummed. Yeah. My, uh, my father had a similar uh, instance uh, where he got to be around some actors um, in Lethal Weapon 3. Um, Did we lose Blue Shark? Or did my burp just cut everything out? Oh, man. Your toxic yeah. burps killed him. Uh, I'm still Damn. here. If you guys can hear me, uh, we can hear so now you. we can. Okay, so my the Lethal Weapon three movie um, was Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Uh, my dad told me he says Mel Gibson's an asshole. I said, how do you know? And he said, oh, well, well, yeah, yeah. We, we've seen <clears throat> he's racist. Well, yeah. this was before all that shit came out. Like this is before he did oh, that yeah. drunken yeah. like tirade. Um, tirade, yeah. Uh, so the, the one of many. <laughs> so Lethal Weapon three, they blow up uh, a building. Uh, the parking lot where the bomb was that blew up the building, that old building was actually uh, the former downtown um, city hall building for the city of Orlando. And my dad was working for the city of Orlando at the time, so he got to be on set when they demoed the building. And when they did the um, the actual like concussive um, explosion that brought the building down because they do it in two ways. They do one, they do the gas, the pyrotechnics, so it like blows out the glass and you see all these flames and then they do the one that actually brings the building down and then they mesh it together. Uh, Danny Glover's, I think it was his wife, fell on my father during that time and uh, he got to talk with her and he got to talk with Danny and he's like, he's a great guy and everything. Uh, but Mel Gibson's an asshole. Which I'm actually happy to hear that uh, Danny Glover's a really good guy because, frankly, I- I'm a big fan of his. I always thought he was hilarious in a lot. He did such good work in a lot of his movies. Yeah. Um, he actually did one where he was actually a serial killer, too. Yes. Oh, what was that? Where he, he was, everybody yes. thought he was, like, the best guy. He saved people's lives. He was, like, the best guy on Earth, but he wound up being a guy that always, that would surgically, like, he saved one guy's life when he basically did a, a, an emergency, like, tracheotomy that was choking everything else. But then you find out he's like actually slaying the uh, femoral artery in people's legs and murdering Dude, him. Dude, I remember that one. That movie. I'm, I just can't remember the name. He stole the was... car and he was like talking about all the naked women that were Switch in the car. Table to... Yeah, the, all the pictures. Was that it? I, I googled Danny Glover serial killer and I got switched back 1997 after his that's son it. is kidnapped by a notorious serial killer FBI agent Frank Lacrosse Dennis Quaid. That's it. That's it. Travels to Amarillo. Oh. Good job. That's it. I like that Thank one. That you. was a good movie. Well, that's definitely not a B-rate movie, though. That was definitely oh, yeah. a... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, we've gotten off topic. I just got topic. sidetracked let's, with Danny Glover. Let's, let's yeah. bring this back. I just, I just like Danny well, Glover. I've actually uh, I've had a bunch of time on my hands due to uh, a, a bit of an employment gap, which is uh, which is actually pretty good because it's been like a three-week-long vacation for me. Um, I've, had a gr- I've had a chance. Netflix recently took off their rating system, and that's basically how I... Yeah, that's basically how I figured out if a movie was good or if it was a B-rate movie or not. Because if it had less than three stars, it was probably a really bad B-rate movie and I was going to watch it. If it had more than that, if it had like four stars, it meant that eh, I probably won't watch it. It's it's probably good enough to to just make most people happy, but not good enough to really blow my socks off. 
But uh, now, now I have like no clue what movie I'm watching. And I've started watching these things because like three o'clock in the morning, you know, if, if you don't have infomercials on the television to watch, you got to find something. So I actually started watching uh, some old, some really bad um, horror films. And I found one with Kate Beckinsale in it called Really the Disappointment Room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds like failed title. It's like it's 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 like she really has a dick. Disappointment. <laughs> that sounds like the name of like a dry vaginal sex porno. It uh, it it honestly thriller. was probably one of those. It was probably one of those four star movies that I would have just skipped by, but it mm. was. It was bad. It was. Uh, I mean, it's not. It's not Maniac Cop too bad, but it it was bad. I mean, it it was. I started watching it last night around two o'clock in the morning. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna get into this, and I I forget exactly the spot that I got into, but I'm literally sitting there watching it, and it's supposed to be a horror movie. It's supposed to be suspenseful. I'm watching it. The light that that's next to me that goes on for my plants it flickered on and off for a second for some reason i don't know why but the movie was so bad that typically i would have been on edge and that would have freaked me out and all i did was look over and go dude really and then went back to watching the movie and then i laughed at myself because i just called a lamp dude and I realized on how funny that was. Yeah. You want to know what's a really horrible uh, movie that I watched uh, last year? Prom Night um, 3. Zombiever. Zombiever. Oh, my God. That is such a horrible movie. That is Zombiever. so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. It's about the screenshots look bad. That when you get bit, you turn into a zombie beaver. Yeah, they they have they have like three women in bikinis. One of them's like getting ready to strip her shorts off, um, and one of them's got her hands in the air. And they all have sunglasses on, and they're on like a floating uh, platform that you would see on a lake. And there's like this vicious beaver with glowing eyes, like swimming underneath yeah. the water. Where the beaver's like really and then big. One of the girls takes her top off and shows her boobies, and then she gets killed by the beaver. Yep. You know the one of the worst movies I think ever, but it's it's kind of funny to look back on watch because they were actually serious. They were trying to make a serious movie. Was and I'm sure you guys have seen this at my house when I was younger. Dad always had to torture you with with this one, Plan Nine from Outer Space. Oh, yes. dude, that's Where a classic. It was so awful. It was so awful. They basically had uh, their flying saucer that came down in the background was um, basically like two paper plates glued together with some like silver paint or something like on a string you can see the string as they're yanking it around it was so awful <laughs> yeah but those those You'd movies watch it just to those movies are so bad that they're good though i mean it was what it was what it was like i think it was black and white it was like a 1940s film 1959 or, was, or 15 yeah giggity, giggity. oh whoops Ten then off. you have uh films like uh, the leprechaun series oh, oh, oh god those, i love those yes. those were but, horrible like, you know some of the trauma type <laughs> films like uh space fixins from outer space killer clowns from outer space yeah oh i like that uh one. cat fixins from outer space rather like, shark are, tornado some... oh geez yeah that's there you go <laughs> like okay, let's 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 just analyze that. Hold on, Sh- Sharknado for a second. Let's just analyze that. Okay, which so one? There was a there one, was a group of people, two or three. <laughs> but but and this happened three times. Let's mind you, four. There, there's four. There there's was a group four. of people that sat around a table and said, "Guys, let's make a movie about a tornado filled with sharks." sharks. 
And other people at the table said, yes, let's do that. And then well, other you know people it's, actually said, yeah, we'll the, pay you money to a, do that. It's it's actually plausible. Here, no, it's no, plausible. Hold on. Down, it actually down south, happened. When I was living down south, you know, there was a lot of tornadoes, right? They actually just had a, a tornado where it was uh, on one of the coastal areas. Dropped a goddamn shark down on them. They're like, yeah. oh, oh, there's actually a real shark in a tornado. That happened not too long ago. Yeah, a few months Australia. ago. Not, not too fucking long yeah, ago. Yeah, but I mean, it's it was nothing like the movie. Plausible. But, yeah. but there, it, no, no. It's but, like I, a giant tornado filled with sharks eating people. My my favorite <laughs> quote that's uh, that's uh, centered around this movie uh, is uh, someone found a, uh, a billboard or one of those signs you see outside the churches or like a meeting house. And uh, it says, next time you're afraid to share ideas, remember someone once said in a meeting, let's film, let's make a film with a tornado full of sharks. Hold on. Another one that involves sharks, Ghost Shark. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's, oh, damn, that title alone just tells you it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you were sitting, like, you're, let's just imagine, you're sitting home, you're you're flipping through Netflix, you're like, yeah, you know what? I've had a little bit to drink, maybe maybe sampled my, my next illegal drug that won't get me addicted, and I'm, <laughs> I'm fumbling through, and all of a sudden I see a thing that says Ghost Shark on it. Now... I gotta be. I'm watching. I it. gotta be really friggin' drunk, not to go. I'm turning that on. Uh, that's going on. That's going on my TV right now. I mean, unless I see something like a G rating on it, and then I'd be like, no, 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 no. That that's got to have an R X rating before I'm gonna press play. Nope, it's R rated definitely. And you know what? Of course, I think one of the biggest besides horror, I think one of the biggest genres of B-rated movies are kung fu movies. Oh man. And which of course my dad has a collection of. One of the ones I remember is that 1976 is directed by Jimmy Wang, of course. Was Master of the Flying Guillotine. <laughs> oh yes. Yes, that's the one where like the the thing goes over the guy's head and then he pulls the chain and it like cuts their head off. And then there was also one, I forget what the name of it was, but my dad found this real stinker, and I'm trying to remember the name, but they had the ancient art of join back, where they'd cut like a head or a limb off and it'd go whoosh, whoosh, back together again. <laughs> so, join back! I remember that. Yeah, I don't remember what the name of that movie was, but it was funny. Oh, Kung Pao? Come on. No, Kung Pao was the spoof on I was going to say, that, that, I yeah, know, Kung, Pao, Kung Pao was a, a, a spoof, a parody, and, and Kung Pao was really, like, it, it knew it was bad, and that's what made it good. And, I mean, you got movies that they know that they're bad, and that's what makes them good. Like, like parody ones like Galaxy Quest. You know, they're not trying to make a great movie; they're trying to make a spoof on something. So they're really hamming it up, and they make a great movie out of it. How about the original He-Man movie? Come on! Oh, Master with Dolph Masters, Lundgren. Oh, yeah, my Masters God. of the Universe, 1987. Uh, yeah. That was awful, dude. That movie. It, it almost killed. He-Man for me. Dude, that, that movie was funny as hell, though. It was. I, I mean, there the other movies that came out from just He-Man, but uh, even Voltron, some of those weren't some of the, some of the movies. Well, in the in the '80s, I think everything was a little bit cheesy in the '80s. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that was got, that seemed to be the theme. Yeah, you got you got to go with what they had in the '80s. It's not like they had great special effects to work on i mean just think of it back on the old school games like for nintendo and stuff it's not like they had some you know they didn't have migs and mags of memory 
you know, nah. they, they had crappy graphics that they had to try to rely on, so they made a great story. And if it didn't have a great story, it was called Pitfall. <laughs> some of my favorite, and some of them are B-rated movies, and some of them I consider B-rated movies just because, like, they're just not that – I don't think they're that great, but they were still entertaining. Um, uh, I, I, I watched one summer a bunch of, like, action movies. Like, I saw Predator – um, I saw Terminator movies, but when you started getting into The Specialist with Sylvester Stallone, uh, <laughs> Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone, Bloodsport oh, with Jean-Claude Van Damme, uh, there was some other movie with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I can't think of it for the life of me right now, where he's on a train, uh, and he's like a spy, or he works for the NSA, like, some of those movies, they were like action-packed, but it's like, this movie isn't that great. It... it- in the '80s, we had we had Dolph Lundgren, Sylvester Stallone, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and like Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, <laughs> and there was like in most of your movies. Yeah. But, yeah. but you got you got to think of something here. Back Don't back in that Wesley time. Snipes. Oh yeah, you had Snipes. But back in that time, porn acting and regular acting were pretty much on par with each other. Absolutely. I mean, that's where you were. <laughs> there, was, there wasn't a but, great deviation there. Yeah. But in modern time, another movie that like touches on that uh, 80s, early 90s love. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen it, but uh, Turbo Kid. Oh, great movie. Actually, no. I don't yeah, think it's a great movie. Post-apocalyptic I mean, it, Turbo in Kid. My, uh, yeah. In my opinion, it's like a B-movie, but it's fantastic well that's what i like about and that's one of the things that actually made me think of b movies is that nowadays you're getting a lot of people like have made independent games which are basically b-rate games they're not mainstream titles they're b-rate games but a lot of people have been taking a chance on making these b-rate games and a lot of people have been doing the same thing with movies i mean take a look at like take a look at the blair witch all right oh god that's a (laughs) that is a (laughs) b-rate fucking movie plastered all over it i mean it's getting it's, this it's horribly I, 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 shot, I almost say almost c-rated horrible acting i mean you watch the movie you get vertigo i mean yeah the chick is is kind of weird cute knit and you, but anytime that you feel like you could rub one out in the movie you, something weird happens like some teeth are in a in a thing and then you get freaked out and you're like well i can't finish now so i mean like you, you got you, you got these people who are like Sorry, really making and i almost got beer <laughs> Yeah, I would have been wearing that part of it. <laughs> they take. You, you got these movies nowadays that are, you know, you got people who are taking a chance on making some really great, great movies. And they're really just taking a chance on it, which is really cool. But, I mean, they're making B-rate movies. They're, they're, they're not fooling themselves. They're not saying, I'm making a real blockbuster. They're going, yeah, I'm making a movie. Like anything Uwe Boll does. I, wow, I still have, out I still have no clue how people give that man money because everything that that Who's that? Ula Bowl. Oh, yes, God. actually, I was looking at another. There's another one I was going to bring up from Ula Bowl, actually. <laughs> yeah, Ula Bowl, like anything he's ever made. And if you're curious who Ula Bowl is, don't Google him. You'll just tear your eyes out. But he's made things like House of the Dead. Unless you want to look at dick pics. House of the Damned? The House of the Dead movie that came out? The, the one that was based on the video game? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah in the was... name of the in the name of the king, uh, blood rain. What other one did he do? There's several others that he's done that I've just I've laughed about. But anyway, so I have no clue a how this guy gets anybody to actually act in his movies, let alone 
shows some boobies in his movies because I, I mean, Jesus Christ, I would I would have read that script and been, you know, I, 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 I probably would have had a meltdown going, what the hell is this script? Like, really, you're am I doing this as a charity event? What is this? Why? If you if you want to laugh, go watch an Bull movie. The, the acting is so horrendous. <laughs> Alone in the Dark. Yes. In 2005, Uwe also made Alone in the Dark after the yes. old PlayStation slash Dreamcast. Had Christian Slater in it. Okay. Yes, um, it did, actually. In the Name of the King had Jason Statham in it. Um, mm-hmm. And yes. the sequels. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out how the hell did he ever convince these people to act in his movies? I mean... Right. I mean, it's like having these uh, A-list actors in this shit movie... Is like saying, hey, I'm going to squat over this table, tell you there's glass on it, but there really isn't glass. And you need to enjoy it. Well, I actually think I figured it out. I actually think I figured it out. Hit me. Hollywood Hollywood Elite, right? They got a lot of interesting things they do, right? Uh-huh. So a lot of times you get a lot of big big celebrities get together. They probably do something like play cards. And, you know, like oh, with betting, loser like the bet has to be schmucks. on the Ubal movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like dinner for schmucks. <laughs> I can believe that. You know, if that, if that just came sense. out, if that just came out as the reason why all these people did these movies, I could believe that. I could say, okay, that happened. But they keep giving this man money. I I have not watched. Okay, I I will not walk out on a movie, and I have yet to walk out on a movie that I've ever paid for, and I haven't yet to date. Uwe Boll, House of the Dead, was the only movie that I actually stood up started walking towards the door and then i said nope i paid for this movie i'm gonna sit down and i'm gonna watch it yeah i've walked out of uh some bold movies yeah, and he lost yeah. money on i can like, sit the king on my couch watching uh vampires in the hood that i only paid oh, 99 God. cents for and said to myself no 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 i paid for this i'm committed I I will flip on Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I'll be like, wow, these guys can act so much better than Jason Statham can in In the Name of the King. I mean, this is amazing Uh, right now. Yeah. I mean, hell, even even if you get into movies like, you know, like the Tremors movies, like Tremors 2. Um, Tremors 2 was so oh, yeah, horrible. It was so bad. <laughs> but it was so good. It was so yeah. bad. It was so good. I used so to watch good. The, all the Tremors. We used to watch like uh, the, all of them in a row at, at Cecil's yeah. house. Yeah, they're so bad, the but they're so is, good. Uh, I yeah. think it was in Tremors 5 where Isn't like uh, oh god, um, Jamie Kennedy was in it. Stopped at 3. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> okay. So Jamie Kennedy... Yeah, it was absolutely horrendous. Oh God. But, but like the the original Tremors, all movie. they had was from the original movies was the gun nut. Because he's yeah, the only yeah. one who wants to stick around, and he's the only and and you know the interesting thing is about some of these movies, some of these actors that you've never seen before are are the friends of the the, the main actor. Like um, this isn't a bad movie, but Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger brought in like all his muscle bound friends to that movie. Yeah, like they they were his buddies, and he brought them onto the set. Um, but yeah, God. But but that type of thing that I could understand. Like you're sitting around a table, like, hey, I'm about to go be in this movie, and we need like a squad of people that look like Marines but are meatheads. Can can you like, can you come over here? 
Hey, Jesse, Jesse, can you come? Can you come over? Yeah. Hey, right? come on, Jesse man. Ventura. Yeah, it's like, hey, come on, let's go, let's go. It's like I, I, I don't act in a movie. It doesn't matter. You don't have to act. Yeah. Just, just you can go. hold a big gun. How about that? And, and you know All what? Right, sure, I'm exactly. In. That's exactly probably how it went down. I, no, I don't want to be in a movie. No, man. I don't. No, come on, man. Be in a movie. No, I don't want to be. You can hold a big gun. All right, dude. I'm there. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how it probably went down. And, but and like, s- um, good. I think some of these movies are trying to. They look at some of this stuff as like the Predator, and the Predator succeeded. I think it did a great job. Um, yeah. What it was going for, and I think some people are like, "Yeah, we can do that too." And then it's you know you get uh, Sharknado, the snowball effect. Well, yeah, but like back in the eighties and nineties, you had you had people like Kevin Smith. Um, you had people like yep. uh, what was it? Fucking what was his name? Ron. You know what was actually another really killer uh, B-rated movie that I, I think you all actually were introduced at my house. Which one? Caveman. Yes. That was an awesome B-rated movie, and it had Ringo Starr as one of the main characters, Barbara Bach, Dennis Quaid, Shelley Long, John uh, Matuzic. I don't remember Caveman. Mm. Yeah, well, Ringo Starr played the uh, Caveman. Yeah. Atuk! Atuk. And he was like the weak caveman, and then John uh, Matuzic played the big strong guy. It was always after this one, like, hot chick. Yeah, and wasn't that the one where they, like... Pretty much throughout the whole movie, grunted and groaned. Yeah, and the only and then, the uh, only like, one that actually could speak English was Oriental. Yeah. The rest of them all were just grunts and everything. And, and the Orientals guys like, no, no, this is it's this. <laughs> you know, the sex is zug zug. And the T Rex with the googly eyes that kept falling yeah. off and shit. <laughs> Man, look at Caveman. It came out in 1981. It, it, it's actually great. It's actually hilarious. Mm. I uh, you know I'm after I'm after check out Caveman now because I honestly don't remember that one, but I looked at the pictures. I, I, the you pictures. had to have seen it at my house. I, I, I know. Uh... I saw so many movies at your house, dude. Like, yeah, there were so. I many can't remember movies. them all. Well, there's one B-rate movie that I still to date have not found out which one it is. And if you're listening right now and you can figure out what movie the hell I'm talking about, e- email us uh, GNA podcast at GNA and your DNA. Um, Hell, reach out to me directly. Um, I, I am everywhere. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, everywhere. Reach out to me. Here's this movie that I watched, and I was probably, I don't know, I was probably eight or nine years old at my uncle's house in Yonkers. Um, you know, he was out back smoking weed with his buddy Steve, and uh, and literally this movie was, it was, an, it was a, a Chinese or Japanese dubbed movie, and... The things I remember about it is they had this guy, they had these like like kung fu masters or, or, or martial arts masters, but they had these special powers or special things where they would they would write um, Chinese symbols on their hands and then they would you know say something and flash it up whatever the hell they were doing and it would do different things. Like the one dude, he wrote something that he'd say something and everybody would freeze. And I remember there was this other guy that kind of came along and he didn't he didn't know that the other guys could do this. So he tried to do it himself and he made a bird freeze for like 10 seconds and he thought he had it. And then he tried it when they were in the middle of a fight and people froze for like 10 seconds and he's like, I did it. And all of a sudden they came and collapsed on him again. And then there was like this huge, weird, like monster at the end that ended up eating these two guys and they did this like astral projection thing and this whole fan of swords to kill the monster. Dude, it was the best worst movie 
I can recall watching as a kid. And I have no clue what the hell the name of it is. All right. I honestly, I, I could. I got a go list ahead. for what? you. Uh, I, I don't know it by name. I seriously Super don't. Super Ninjas, know. a.k.a. Five Element Ninjas. Okay, never mind. If you don't know it by name, then... Uh... I, I Honestly, I don't know it by name. But if if you're like, hey, Cecil, I've seen that movie and it's called this. Tell me about it because I haven't seen that movie in easily two and a half decades. And I am dying to see it. I really... I, 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 have, I have probably searched online more times than I can count to try to figure out which one this is. And I just can't, I can't find it. I just remember at the end there, the dude like drew a yin yang on his hand and then they came out of their bodies inside this creature that they were like stapled to the wall with. And it was, it was so bad, but it was so good. It really was just, it's one of those, it's one of those dubbed movies where, um, it was really just one of those movies where, if you watch it, it's so bad, but it's so good. And and if you find it, seriously, and and I'm I'm dead serious. If you find it, I will I will give you, I will give you a Steam bundle code if you can find it and you actually get it correct. So, email us at gna and your or gna podcast at gna and your DNA. Um, seriously, that's I, I'm I I really want to find this. I, I I haven't seen this in so long. I would love to just chill out. And it's dubbed. It's it's not in English. It's all... Well, when I watched it, it was back on, you know, friggin' Betamax. Well, anyways, it was way back in the day. And, uh, you know, it, it, it there was no English over top of it. It was, it was all Chinese, I think. Um, God, I was so fucking young when I saw it. But it just, it's, it's a great... It's, it's a great B-rate movie that I really... I, everybody should see... Those bad dubbed Chinese movies. Oh God! Where they had the the kung fu and the stunt masters that that, that did all the the work, and then they would just move their mouths, and then someone would voice over for that shit. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like they'd be, their mouths closed, and you hear like someone talking. <laughs> well, that's the cool part about this movie is that it wasn't dubbed. There was no English over top of it. There was nobody talking. Like there wasn't, you know, they're going chung pa wait ting pong pong, and then thirty seconds later you get, and I think I stepped in some dog shit back there. <laughs> now this looks like one for for you then, the crippled masters. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's about Lee Hoen and Tang, two guys that are crippled by their evil master. One has no arms, and one has no legs. Oh Lord! <laughs> and together they form a complete person. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, they do. They're like belted to each other. We've got a human centipede version of Voltron going on here. Oh god! Oh, god. <laughs> I'd hate to be on the end of that centipede. Oh god! <sighs> Always the head. Die the diet. <laughs> well, one one other thing that came came to mind. Um, actually, it kind of hits on your retro thing. RPGs, classics. You know, you know, you know the classic RPG, and and we've all played them. I mean, there are so many of them out there that go all the way back to, I mean, old PC games like the advanced D&D games. I just grew three inches. Yeah, for like pools of radiance for for uh, for PC. Um, you go into NES games like Final Fantasy. You go farther into Super Nintendo. You get Seventh Saga, all the way up. Might and Magic. Might and Magic. Even like uh, even like Ghost and Goblin and stuff like that. Yeah. But 
there's a certain sense of nostalgia that you get when you play those games. Now, I gotta fully admit, I when it comes to modern RPGs, I have played a ton of them, but most of mine have veered away from the traditionalist styles, except for the most recent one, Torment, that I played, but that's another story. Um, but how do you guys feel that the the newer RPGs that are coming out care, compare I, to the classics? I kind of miss the older RPGs myself. I miss the style. I miss the completeness. Well, like like when you say completeness, what do you what do you mean? Um, I'm I'm gonna hit that dead horse again, but DLC. <laughs> Oh, you mean like uh, like how you don't get... Oh, oh, so you're talking about like getting a complete game. Like when you bought Seven yeah. Saga, you got... That's that's it. That was the game. There was no... Right, exactly. There was no people... Well, actually, that brings up a good point. Like, you know, because nowadays you get like Mass Effect. Mass Effect 3 is a great example. Mass Effect series was fantastic. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the mechanics out of it. The graphics were fantastic. Um, and then you get to Mass Effect 3, and spoiler alert, when you get to the end of Mass Effect 3, you really don't have all the options in the world. Basically, you've got nope. three flavors that are going to happen. Option A, Option B, or Option C. Whatever else you did in the whole series doesn't matter. You're going to get three options at the end of this, and that's it. Yeah. Damn. Now, and that's a... That's a thing right there where, like, even with Mass Effect and with a lot of games where it's like, oh, hey, you know, there's updates for the games. Um, they say, well, how bad is the game when they go to launch it? Is, and if it's playable? All right, we can fix that later with a patch. <laughs> true, true. I, I want to I wanna complete game, something that they took time to take all the bugs out. Well, when in like Mass Effect 3, it's not so much bugs that I'm talking about, but at, there was such an uproar um, about the three flavors that you got at the end of that game, about all your decisions yeah. that you made. Mass Effect 2 was amazing. It just it took all of the decisions that you made on Mass Effect 1, and it really... It made you play the game differently, in my opinion. It made you play the game so much differently about what what options you chose in Mass Effect 1. In Mass Effect 3, it, it started to build like, yeah, all your options that you did in Mass Effect 2 and 1, they really mean something. And then you get to the end of it and there's nothing. There was such an uproar from the community that they actually changed the ending. Now, when I say, I don't... When I say change, they don't—they didn't like change it and make it all of a sudden. All of your decisions made a difference. They just made it. They changed it so that there was more information at the end. So instead of leaving right. it as here's the end of the game, they said, "Okay, now there's some more dialogue going on." So I can see what you mean about completeness. You know, you get a game like right. like Seven Saga, like Final Fantasy VI, and whatever the game ended at. That's what it was. Whether it was good, right. bad, or, or indifferent, or like uh, um, Silent Hill, where your choices kind of did make a difference on what you'd get at the ending. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Silent Hill. When you get into the PlayStation era, there was. I mean, there was. There was. It was pretty much touch, touch and base in the Super Nintendo Super Nintendo era, where your decisions mattered. There was. There were several games yeah. that. That had multiple endings depending on your decisions. Chrono Trigger, which actually Microbrew Gamers did the video on, um, Chrono Trigger had a lot of different endings depending on what you did.
And that trip is phenomenal, just want to say. <laughs> it is. Chrono Trigger is fantastic. But even like Final Fantasy VI, the end that you got. Which is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's a fantastic game. When you get to the end of it, if you, like for instance, and I'll try not to give too much away, but like if you let Shadow die then the ending of the game is slightly different. Now, you still get the same ending, but it just gives you, like, a little bit more, and it gave you kind of a a, a reasoning, kind of a, 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 a an enticement to go back and say, hey, you know what, I'm going to go back there, and I'm going to try to make sure everybody lives. Um, kind of like when it comes to, and I know this isn't an RPG, but, like, Until Dawn. Until Dawn, I keep going back to that game because I'm striving to get that perfect ending where everybody lives because I know I can do it. Um, but on the flip side, and I don't know, I, you guys might be completely different on this, but when I play a game that has multiple endings, whatever ending I get the first time, that's the ending of the game for me. Whatever happened. If everybody died. I, I rarely do a replay unless it's a Final Fantasy or RPG that I really enjoy. Well, I'll, I'll do replays all day long, but like Heavy Rain. Heavy Rain was one of those. I played through that game and... I, That's the vampire game, right? No, no, no. Heavy Rain was the... Uh, I think it was... Um, You're thinking of Blood Rain. Yeah. Yes. Was it Crystal, not Crystal Dynamics. Um, Quantum Dream. Quantum Dream. Uh, they made the game where... You were a detective, or well, you were a whole bunch of different people, but there was one character where you were a detective, one character where you were an FBI agent who was like hooked on heroin or something, and each choice that you made throughout the game affected how the game outcome happened. Um, you could have everybody survive at the end, everybody die at the end. You could have happy things happen to people or really shitty things happen to people. It was a great game, but like everything I did, everything I worked for to try to make sure that a certain character made it out with the person that they were looking for. And all of a sudden I screwed up. I fucked up with one choice all the way at the end. Oh. <laughs> and, and, oh my God. And, and that dude died. It's like died. missing your place in Bukaki. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, Oh crap. I was supposed to go next. Oh crap. I made a mess on the floor now. Damn it. Um, <laughs> but like, but games like that, you know, just, just there's nothing to compare them to back in the nostalgia days. But, you know, RPGs, RPGs have been around forever. A great a great thing that I can think of is like Chrono Trigger versus Chrono Cross. Did you guys play those? I know you play Chrono Trigger. I've almost yes. always played Chrono Trigger. I'm actually uh, working on a retro replay of uh, Chrono Cross. I actually have both of them sitting right here. Blue Shark, do you ever play Chrono Trigger or Chrono Cross? See, all of these old RPGs you guys keep talking about, I have never touched in my life. <sighs> but I think... For me, it was great. Like back in the day, of course, you you remember the JRPGs, the turn based, the open exploration, which is something I miss in some of the current RPGs. Um, but I think it's kind of mixed feeling. I love the JRPGs. I like the turn based RPGs, all the old, you know, the Chrono Triggers, the Final Fantasies. But at the same time, it's like you can only do that stuff to death so much before it gets stale. Uh, so I kind of really do at the same time. I really enjoy stuff like say. Dragon Age, uh, the uh, you know Morrowind. Dragon Age is great. Dragon Quest also. Yeah, you know Demon Souls. You know it, it, it's it's really nice to have some some of that different uh, style of RPGs to play too. Just because I mean, once in a while I like to sit there and go back to the old you know JRPGs turn based. But oh. you know, right now I think that niche these days is being 
filled up pretty good by uh, indie developers. Well, my thing is, sure, there's a lot of flavors out there, and every once in a while, you like Jimmy's on top, but you don't want Jimmy's all the time. Yeah, so I mean, I think a good one where they do a pretty good job with the open exploration still, I think Final Fantasy XV, they did a pretty oh, good job. yes. I, I hated turn-based because it, it got boring to me as a combat system after a while. And I wanted to be more involved in the combat. And that's what Final Fantasy delivered was that and an RPG element that I enjoyed. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like to go back and play the uh, turn-based, but I, I like to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Embarrassingly enough, I actually have not played Final Fantasy 15 yet. And everybody has been saying how good it is. Final Fantasy for me, unfortunately, it lost me at Final Fantasy XI. And I've heard... Which was the, uh, which <laughs> the, was the computer online. one, the online B- PSC based Well, it was yeah. also on PS2, but it, it was, you, know, you get the modem and you get the hard drive and you could play yeah, online. Yeah, yeah. But, it did come on the PS2 as well. But that's where it kind of lost me because it, it went MMO and then Final Fantasy XII came out and the play style of it was really MMO. It felt, it felt like I was, was playing weird. Dot .hack... Um, but a Final Fantasy game, or Rogue Galaxy, uh, just it really brought that out, and I, I was really disappointed on where that kind of turned, where it went in that direction, um, because Final Fantasy was always a kind of that chill game for me, where I could sit down, I could play it, I could really get into it, I could really enjoy it, but I didn't have to be all Twitch based on it, and that's where it kind of turned right around that era, and I was like, oh man, now they're really just they're they're making me have to like I, th- like the grind because there's always a grind in every game. Yeah. It really made you have to pay attention to the grind, and that's where it lost me. But everybody's been saying how great Final Fantasy 15 is. I mean, there's a grind in every RPG game, but I mean, I haven't played 11. But if it's excessive, then that's when it it just it takes away from to, in my opinion, what a video game is. It's a form of entertainment. It's a form of gameplay. So if all if you have to grind and grind and grind and grind to get somewhere, then it kind of it slows down that dynamic. Well, because like it also depends on the type of grind. Yeah, hey, um, there was some story elements in Final Fantasy 15 with some of the level grinding or like leveling up this person or getting this, you know. But other t- most, of the, but like the hunts themselves, they those were a grind where it was just kind of. It was, there was no real like uh, story connection with that stuff. It was, it was, it was, right. it was just com- like the the um, photo uh, quest. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the, they served a purpose. But if you have to like grind and grind and grind out and just keep doing this, and and you start getting away from a story because you're off doing all you know this long long grind then you just you lose that connection of fun and becomes almost like you're working well you just nailed on something there like that grind that you just described um did you guys ever play the elder scroll games yes Morland, uh, i'm playing eso online right now and Okay, skip ESO. ESO is a completely different animal. That's just like Final Fantasy XI. Just, just take ESO out of the way. Have you ever? Did you ever play any of the old ones? No, Daggerfall, Arena, Morrowind, Oblivion. Like those guys brought that excessive grind where it deviated you away from the storyline so horribly, but you didn't mind so much because all the little side quests. All the little extra things in it really just made the whole world 
um, like Oblivion. Oblivion is probably my favorite of the Elder Scrolls. Yeah, Oblivion was pretty phenomenal. That's a fantastic game. I, I liked I liked that. Well, just just and if you get any of the total conversion packs for it, where they do the texture packs on PC and they really like update the graphics and they really up it yeah, up. Yeah, I remember amazing. when I uh, first started playing Oblivion um, after uh, trying it out at your place, and you helped me get old Oblivion on my computer just so I could run it. Yep, old Oblivion. God, I remember that. I, I got that hooked up on a lot of different people's PCs. I think I bought Oblivion. No less than four times. Like, wow. that's how much I enjoyed that game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have it, like, I, six times. I somewhere. bought it full retail price at least four times. Damn. Uh, it, was, it was a great game because it involved a lot of... It had that open-world element to it where you could run around. You could do a lot of different things. The main quest in Oblivion, I think you can crank through in, like, 15 or 20 hours. Right, and you still have all the add-ons. Yeah, if you focus on just the main portion of Oblivion, you can crank through it in 15, 20 hours, easy. And that's it. There's no more game after that. Um, you can probably do it in less time if you like skip past a lot of the uh, the dialogues. Uh, but the, the, the side quest, everything that was around that, I mean, that you could go out and you could get bit by a vampire and turn into a vampire. And then you can go become a vampire lord. Oh, I love that. With some of the add-ons to it, you could become a werewolf. Um, I mean, there were so many side quests. There was so much to explore. And really in all the... the dead el- relative side quests. Yeah, yeah. And, and in, in all the Elder Scrolls games that I played, they always had that element of you could really search around. You could do so much. I, honestly, and this this is... I, I've never... Okay, so Morrowind... I, I, Arena and Daggerfall, I did, but Morrowind, Oblivion, um, and even Skyrim, I have not actually completed those games. I have not gone through the main storyline on any of those games. Yeah, I, I still have yet to complete Skyrim. I have over 150 hours into each one of those games alone, yeah, and I have Skyrim, not completed them. I, I get sidetracked by exploring. Because it's such a beautiful world, dude. I it, like literally. I have ADD. It's I'm, I'm still looking here. I'm I'm that guy who's looking around, and all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, I gotta complete this main quest, squirrel. <laughs> yep. And there I am off. I'm off in some ice cave somewhere. Yeah. Or I picked a lock here. Same thing. I think an internet meme says this best. I don't have ducks. I don't have a row. I've got squirrels, and they're drunk. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean. That's the one thing that I really like that they've maintained. Because even like if you go into Daggerfall and Arena, which are really old school games, they've really kept that open world exploration, multiple dialogue path. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of things that they've brought from the old games that they've kept up on the new game that they've really that I've really liked. It's really yeah, the open world expo- exploration, the uh, all the side quests, all the things to do. That's what really makes an RPG for me. That's why when they get too linear, I, I tend not to like them as much. And that's a it's a big reason I like stuff like um especially with the multiple endings and everything else, like uh PS one Star Ocean was phenomenal, second story. Yes. Oh Sui Coden. Actually, uh Sui Coden, Sui yes. Coden, yes. I uh, I wish I still had my uh, number yeast. two copy. I have the first one, the third on up, but I actually uh, no longer have my number two. The yeast games are phenomenal also and, I'm sad. Uh, that was the best one actually. Yeah. Yeah. Lunar, yep, Lunar series. Yeah, a lot of great. a lot of those old old RPGs, while graphically they can't hold up, I really think that they nailed something with 
story because that's the one thing that I miss. I I will have to, you know, agree to disagree on they don't hold up. I think some of these old RPGs really do still hold up. It's just back then the TVs couldn't really hold the graphics. I think some of them do. I think some of them do hold up. But we're talking about when they got better with the graphics on, like, say, the retro graphics are good enough on the Super Nintendo, which kind of holds up with that whole graphic that... That indie style lately, that kind of retro style right now. Yeah, I think stuff like Chrono Trigger uh, really holds up, but some of the other ones, like if they remake them, it's like, hey, it's fun. But when you go back to like the graphics of like the original Dragon Warrior, it's kind of like, um, I still play them, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, this is this is you know, this is like this is open up uh, paint and and. Uh, Windows uh, make graphics. <laughs> hey guys, I just got ninety five. Let's do some paint work. But even games like Dragon Warrior, even back in those days, you know, you've got you've got an element, and that's that element is a story. I mean, you had you had so little to work with back in the eight bit and sixteen bit eras, and really even in the early thirty two bit eras, you know, like like PlayStation One, you really. Like Final Fantasy VII, yeah, it was a breakthrough, it was 3D graphics, but really, if you look at the graphics on it, they're oh, horrible. They're... I love Final Fantasy VII, but those, but those blocky bits, man. Yeah, they were horrible. <laughs> I mean, they, even by they PS1 looked, standards, they looked nothing like a real anything. FF8, yeah, they looked FF8. nothing like a real anything. Yeah, Final Fantasy VIII even brought it up, but even Final Fantasy VIII was still the graphics were pretty bad, except for the full motion videos. Um, so you compare like the newer age graphics to the old school graphics and you really didn't have a lot to work with. And that's the thing that I really loved about those old games, the things that really, I think, bring the nostalgia. And I think a lot of those indie developers now have really tapped into because they realize that you don't have to have blockbuster graphics. You don't have to have something that, that's jumping the gap to make a great game. You can have a game like Faster Than Light, which is so friggin' simple. But, well, Faster Than Light's a little bit different. Faster Than Light's got good gameplay that keeps you coming back. But Hyper Light Drifter. Yeah, you've got games that have really brought story into the mix. And I think that... Owning the Blind Forest or Ori in the Blind Forest? yes. That that right there. That tells a story. Yeah, I get to that one too. Yeah, yeah, dude. And, and I was just thinking about that. <laughs> dude, and that game made my daughter cry. The opening scene of that friggin' game actually made my daughter weep and curl up to me in my arms because it was so sad. And it never yeah. said a word. It never said a friggin' word. And it got me a little like, wow, that's that's super sad right there. That kind of sucks. Yeah, but if you go back even further, you had neither story nor graphics. <laughs> Adventure, Atari. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you go, you go back those those days and it's just... It's something to keep your your brain moving, but you get games like, you know, like the Final Fantasy series, like Chrono Trigger, which, I mean, come on, a- a- admit it. Secret of Mana was a lot of fun too. Very fun, but the graphics on it aren't exactly Legend that great. Of Gaia. You know, they're you know Secret of Evermore. Um, and there's so many games. Stepped it up name. a little bit better. Yeah, Secret of Evermore stepped it up a little bit as far as graphics above Secret of Mana, but still, I mean. They're retro graphics. They only can handle uh, so much. Well, and they also had very limited to work with with the sound too on those games. So I think they did pretty good. Uh, Final Fantasy VI's uh, opera, the. <laughs> but even if you look at it, th- those games focused on the thing that they could deliver, which was story. 
They could deliver that in droves, and they did. And gameplay. That's what really makes those games that you remember, is that the story had so much to it. Um, I mean, still, to this day, I can think back to Kefka and go, that dude is a fucking asshole. And you know what? He was a little one-inch block on my screen, and I thought that little one-inch block on the screen was a fucking asshole. He's a retro Ramsey Bolton. You little dick. <laughs> Speaking of Kafka, there's a game called uh, Evolu- Evolve Evolution or something like that. Um, I have it on my Steam. Dreamcast. Um, no, the it's, multiplayer it's a indie game? game that's on... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought yeah. it was the RPG you were talking no. about that's on the Dreamcast. My bad. Uh, no, it's an RPG, but it, it's funny. It's a parody game of all these RPGs. It targets um, a whole bunch of uh, games. And there's this one area where you're in a town, like in Final Fantasy VII, and this parent yells at their kid that's being a dick, uh, you better stop doing that or the ghost of Kefka is going to get you. <laughs> Send me a link to that, man. I'll, I'll, link it in the, uh, I'll link it in the show notes when, we, when I publish this one. Right, but no I, think, I, I think, especially with the retro, I think it, it, in general, most games, I think there's two things I really look for. I mean, if you're looking at RPG, then it's absolutely number one, a story. Uh, but if everything else, um, what you really, what I really look for is, is just gameplay. If it's really fun gameplay, I think that's more important than just, I mean, obviously yeah, it's, it's good to that's... have graphics. You're not sitting there saying, well... That circle should be this, and that block should be this. I mean, you want something a little bit better than you know the Atari graphics, but I think gameplay is is where it's at. Yeah, nowadays we want that mags and mags of memory. Well, the man, market. He's, I think he's called it I'm, a market. I'm always one of those people that are about enjoyability over graphics. I'd rather enjoy a game than a game look pretty. Yeah, but if you can get a great game that also looks pretty, though. Yeah, if, if the graphics are phenomenal but, on top of but that. come on. Sometimes you need to stick it in a two to appreciate your four. <sighs> well, here we are. We got to kick into the next segment of the show, which is questions from the audience. So, Oh, one last thing. Oh, go ahead. What do you got? Um, the game that I was thinking of was Vampire Rain. I always confuse that with Heavy Rain. Okay. All right. So next segment of the show, questions from the audience. We we got some questions. We we ask. Uh, we've got a, a question spot in our Discord chat. Ask your questions, or you can do a hashtag Ask Your Questions on Twitter, and we will catch it up. And that's ASS Ask Your Questions, um, and we will pick it up. We'll add it in our show notes, and we'll answer them here on the show. So we got a few questions here. Um, you know, as 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 one of the you know guests, like you know returning uh, people. When I first saw on Discord, ask your questions, it was posted by that MeBot, Me6 or whatever. I thought he was just being a little asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was serious. At first, I actually thought he was just being a little asshole. No. Honestly, I think MeBot has become Evil sentient. Um, I think I, I really I, think I he's Sky, I think he's the, the beginnings of Skynet now. I really do. <laughs> I think MeBot is going to take over the world. and it's We're, we're going to be there just, you know... Yes, our how accurately overlay. this bot, how accurately this bot responds to us, and how how witty the insults are getting is kind of spooky, actually. I'm a little nervous to be perfectly honest because I'll I'll admit the first couple of ones I programmed in there, but after that, unless I was blacked out while I did it, I haven't changed them, and they keep Coach, changing. Please come back to us. Yeah, I never put that in. <laughs> I never put that in. 
And if I did, <laughs> I was so drunk, I don't remember doing it. This, this is almost as spooky as that one unkillable Ferber you had. Dude, the friggin' one named Sumo? Yeah, yeah where it was pull the batteries the, out, it still worked. Well, it was, in the ba- it was in that back room for like two and a half years, so the battery should have been long dead. We picked the damn thing up, and it starts going, ah, I'm sleepy. I burned that, and I salted <laughs> the ground where I burned it. <laughs> Hated that thing. Like, I, I was not taking it chances. Was well, you're all passed out, and I'm sitting there sleeping in the chair. That thing used to wake me up with some weird-ass shit, dude. Dude. Yeah. I hated like, that thing. When Lloyd would come like, over dude, high as fuck. the eyes in the window? Dude, when Lloyd would come over high as fuck, and all of a sudden he'd start having a conversation with it, and it would be responding back in, like, this empirical fucking analysis of shit. Dude, you don't want to wake up to that conversation. That's where you just go, okay, I'm going back to sleep. I'm done here. We're good. Good night. Uh... So the first There's question. I'm a connoisseur of beer. So the first question that we had actually came from Scout Trooper 13. What music do you listen to while playing games, if any at all? So D, what what music do you listen to while playing games? Honestly, uh, I really don't usually listen to music while I play games. I really like to immerse myself in the game sounds um, and music in the game. So I'll really just delve deep into a game and and not listen to music. Uh, the the only time I'm doing that is where it's it doesn't offer any much anymore. Like if I'm just like zoning out in Terraria, I'll like listen to extra some music. But um, I really think you're missing a lot of the game if you kind of cut out the audio. But you, Zyberblood, what music do you listen to while playing the games, if any? Well, if it's a replay or one of those games where you really don't need the sound, I have a playlist, a very eclectic playlist on. Uh, um, uh, Shit, I can't remember the name of the program right now. Graining on shit, I can't um, remember the name of the program. I've never heard of that program. Is that a, is that a good program Pandora? to listen to? Uh, not Pandora. Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Yeah. Yes, I have a very eclectic Spotify list. All right, uh, Blue Shark. What about you? What do you listen to if you if you listen to music while you play games? It's uh, I don't I I, I agree with uh, D. You know, you lose the immersion. If you uh, start listening to stuff that's not intended for the game. But if I'm like grinding in a game or I'm playing something over the second or the upteenth time, I'll probably listen to metal, usually a rock. Yeah, there's nothing greater. I've got a nice eclectic, uh, some lists, but I've got like, of course, my got my heavy metal, uh, you know, playing list. And I tell you, having kids, it's nothing greater than you trying to make some separate playlists that you've got your metalhead friends in the car and you're sitting there listening to you know, metal, and the next thing you know, it's if you're happy and you know it's and they just look at you like, what the fuck? You could probably and find a like, metal version of that song though. If you're happy, yeah, but then you're sitting there like, um, I have kids. I don't know how that got in there. And then, of course, then the wife gets ticked because she's, you know, what was in the middle of that the kids' uh, playlist? Let me guess, the missing uh, Kill You All song <laughs> that I thought was in my playlist? I'm pretty confident that you could get Six Feet Under to sing If You're Happy and You Know What, Clap Your Hands. I'm pretty confident if you like message them and been like, dude, we need a, a copy of this for my kid because I'm you know a head. You know what I found that's really interesting? It, when you t- uh, Of course, me having two little, little kids. You get a lot of that music, you know, the little kids' music, and you, and you we had it on the, the series, so you listen to a bunch of the kids' songs, yay, in the car, which drove me absolutely batshit crazy. But it found, like, like like um, like um I think it's like the Google Dolls, even, like, big-name bands is to help make some more money, 
will actually make some kit for kid albums, like straight kid albums too. Like some big name band members have actually made like, yeah, like the happy and you know what crap. I mean, it, just for kids, like they literally are making a kid's album, not, not their flavor of it, not like, you know, a, a satire, but actually a lot of them actually make kids music as well to kind of supplement their in- income. Well, to answer the I question myself, um, I, uh, that was a good one, man. I'm not even, I'm not even going to edit that out. That's a good one. Um, I listen to music all the time when I play games, uh, especially because if I'm playing a multiplayer game like uh, Battlefield 4, uh, Destiny, Battlefront, um, Battleborn, uh, you know, a- any of those games where you're, you're really, your you're competitive element is battling. there. Yeah, yeah, where you're battling. Um, I said a lot of battles in there, didn't I? Anyway, yeah. so if uh, if I'm playing any games like that or, you know, or a game that just has a lot of grind to it, um, a great, for instance, is like The Division. Um, God, what's a, what's another game that's got a lot of grind to it? Well, Destiny, of course. Uh, Shadows of Mordor has got a bunch of grind to it. Uh, actually, Elder Scrolls Online. Actually, I, I do that too. Yes. I'll listen to. I've got a. I've got a different. I actually got a different playlist for whatever time of day it is. So if it's morning, I like to have a lot more fast-paced music than at night. I like to have at night a lot more chill music. Um, and when I say chill, I mean more like alternative rock, uh, some some alternative style country. Not the really twangy country, but the, the mellow stuff. Uh, I used to fall asleep to Metallica. That was my bedtime music. Uh, dude, I still fall asleep to Pink Floyd. But, oh, uh, <laughs> those will give you some weird dreams, man. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Pink Floyd dreams. Especially after you eat some brownies, you pass out listening oh, to Pink yeah. Floyd. Oh, Dude, you fucking, I remember. Um, it's fucking done. What's it called? It's not Hey You. It's um, Run Like Hell. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to rip you into little pieces. He comes out and he sing, um, he he's it's like a It's like most Pink Floyd songs. It's you know guitar and it's you know there's no lyrics to it but uh, i was uh getting ready for work one morning and it was like six o'clock like no light in the house except for like the light over the stove it was like really dark and i was listening to my music and that came out i actually like jumped and i looked over my shoulder because that that song scared the fuck out of me when he he started singing that that line Actually, you know, that actually brings like kind of a memory <clears throat> back, and this is with uh, Zyber and uh, and Cecil. I remember the days of playing Laser Tag when Ramstein came on. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, I had some great mix for when we were playing Laser Tag at Outer Zone. Oh, man. Those yes, in Outer days. Zone. That was awesome. Dude. That was great until they did the upgrade to their system, and it sucked. And then they went out. They're no longer in existence that I know of. I can still remember the day where they actually, the, the receptionist behind the counter started smacking me and Dickie because we went in with the birthday party. And you destroyed the birthday party. Yeah. Okay, so story time with Cecil. So, Outer Zone, Laser Tag, back in the days, it was story Dark Light time, 1.0 story gear. Time. And we went in there, and me and my friend Dickie, uh, well, we went in there, and we were just like, hey, yeah, we were just middle of the day. I forget what the hell it was. It was like summer. We're like, yeah, hey, let's go and play some Laser Tag. So, we, we drove up there, and we went in, and uh, she said, yeah, there's a birthday party going on. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And they're like, but let me ask if they don't mind. So, yeah, yeah, they don't mind. Um, you guys cool being on your own team? And we went, okay, not thinking anything of it. Well, we go in there and, uh, it didn't quite cotton on to us that if we were on our own team, we had all of the targets 
and they only had a couple of extra targets. So <laughs> we go in there, and as we come out, we're like, yeah, that was a fun game. All right. I don't think I actually got shot once. Like, I don't think anybody actually tagged me once. Um, I came out, and uh, there we are. You know, we're walking out. We walk into the main lobby area. All of a sudden, this reception is cute. Her name was Stephanie. She came over and started smacking us around the shoulders and head. And she said, what did you guys do to the birthday party? And she's smacking the shit out of us. I mean, actually physically abusing us. I mean, we had an assault case <laughs> on our hands right then. They, they needed some abuse once in a while. And we, well, we did, yeah. So we look at each other and we go, what did we do to the birthday party? And she starts like, she, like this frantic, and bear in mind, she was like five foot five, five foot six. And, you know, Dickie's six foot one-ish. I'm six foot six. So there's this little girl beating the shit out of us going, what did you guys do to the birthday party? We're like, what did we do to the birthday party? And she goes, you gave him a negative score. <laughs> I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> and we looked at each other and went, we did? <laughs> so she pulls out the cards and we look at them. And there was a, there was a, uh, it was a green team, a yellow team, and a red team. Dick and I were on the yellow team. The birthday party was the red team and the green team. The red team had negative 20. The green team, and this is their entire team score, mind you. The green team. Was that with the kill steal? No, no, no. That wasn't that wasn't kill steal. That was just with the regular gems like, uh, you know, um, oh, shit. rapid fire. And then they had the uh, 25 gem, which was invincibility. Uh, and the opposite team, the green team, had a negative 125. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I didn't even know that was negative uh, scores even possible, let alone I, that far. Yeah. I, I didn't. I, I didn't know up until that very moment that a negative score, a negative score, was physically possible. But we literally, we looked at each other and went, "Oh shit!" So we walked back to the birthday party and we're like, "Hey, like we're finding the parents. We're going, hey, um, we're super sorry. We we really we didn't we didn't know that they were going to put us on our own team, and we're trying to backpedal." so much at this point in time like we're we're really feeling bad we're we we're thinking right now that we just ruined this kid's birthday and they were like you know eight nine ten eleven year olds i mean they're, they're, they weren't they were young kids <laughs> and so that tweenish age so the mother comes out and you know we're telling them we're like hey we're we're really really sorry um you know, we, and I, I, I was like, we destroyed your kids. <laughs> I was like, hey, look, I want to buy you know you guys all a game because you know that was horrible. And they're like, no, no, you don't need to do that. But hey, can one of you go on one of our teams and one of you go on the other team next time? And we just looked at each other and we smiled and said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the next game was a little bit fair, more fairly matched. All right, so the next question next. that came up actually came from uh, Justin Austin. Austin, Jake, a.k.a. J. Machina. Yeah, Machina, right? Machina? How do you say that? Machina. Yeah, Machina, right? Okay. Yeah. Making sure I wasn't... It looks like Mach America or something, or Mech America. I was like, what the fuck do I do? Okay, so... (laughs) You've got beer goggles on. There you go. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Just let me run with that one. I'm like, uh, it's not that obvious? (laughs) Well, you gotta... I got... I I finished the bottle of rum. Okay, Okay, yeah, that's right. I haven't been drinking... I finished the bottle of rum, so no more rum for Cecil. The rum is all gone. <laughs> Why is the rum gone? Um, <laughs> because I drank it, and it's a GNA podcast. So his question is, where's Mechanica? Wait, where's himself? Uh, uh, well, he doesn't say where's Jay Mechanica. Um, he just says where's Mechanica. 
Actually, it says, from what I'm reading, it says... Where's mechanic? Oh, no, that's the next question. No, no, you're not, we haven't gotten to that uh, question. Yeah, yeah. We're on question two. Yeah. Uh, way, to, way to spoil that one, D. This is, right? this is a mass text, oh. where am I? <laughs> that's what that, that tweet says to me. <laughs> Maybe that maybe that is it. Maybe he's lost. Maybe maybe Jay Mechanica has drank so much that he really needs some help. Maybe this is an SOS. Yeah. You know what? It sounds like something I've done before because you know my uh, my ability to tell directions sucks. <laughs> well, I, I've been the I, I've been the uh, before the wife would be like, "Hey, where are you?" And I'm like, "Where am I?" I What do you mean, where are you? I'm asking where. I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I see this, honey. Where am I? Well, just in I'm case, lost. just in case well, you are listening to this, Jay Mechanica, the only place that I found that Mechanica is is seventy-five Water Street, second level, Newburyport, MA zero one nine five zero. I hope. Watch him actually be there. And I hope his pants. that's where you're looking for because that's the only Mechanica I can find. Um, when I ask Emperor Google, Emperor Google was kind enough to give me that address. Uh, there's a phone number here, but they're currently closed. So, so they're not going to help you now because they're closed right now. But maybe when you're listening to this, they're still open. But that's that's the best I can find on where Mechanic is. So the next one comes from Scout Trooper, and Scout Trooper actually asks the age-old question, the the question that is on everybody's mind, the question that honestly. I don't know if we've actually ever answered, but there's probably some scientist who has done a study on this. But the question is, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Actually, according to the University of Maryland, uh, exactly one bushel. One bushel. See now. Nah, I'm pulling you. I'm shitting you. <laughs> I was gonna say now. I I could believe that. I could believe if there was like if there's like a bushel. An actual unit of measure? Or is, I mean, is that like a uh, thing? A bushel actually is a unit of measure. I would say about... Um, Two-quarter wood. Yeah, exactly. Two That's what wood. I was going... Two-quart. However, if, 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 there, if there was an actual study, like for real, it probably took about a million-dollar grant or some shit like that. It probably I mean, did. Is, but that's, that's also like in its lifetime or in a day. Well, yeah, I guess I guess you do really have to clarify that question. If if a woodchuck could chuck wood, is this is this like an entire lifetime of chucking wood, or is this like you know just what did he do today? I mean, are we just, trying to? But you know what? It, you know what a woodchuck really can do pretty well. Uh, hump my leg. Actually, dodge rounds from a rifle. Really? Yeah. Remember uh, when when we were younger, my uh, father got you know the woodchuck was tearing up his garden, so he got into a war with a woodchuck. Yeah, I do. And right before he yeah, finally got him, remember when he took out the uh, he took the um, the rifle out. He's like, oh, I'm gonna get him. And the woodchuck like was pretending to be like not knowing what's going on. He pulled the trigger and it dived out of the way the last minute, and he and it went through his garage and through the door of an old antique Rambler that was in mint condition. He shot his own Rambler trying to get this bastard. <laughs> That reminds me of Groundhog's Day right there. The woodchuck one. Groundhog's Day or Caddyshack? Uh, Caddyshack. Caddyshack. That's Caddyshack. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Groundhog's Day was just a recurring day of hell. Keep your eye on the fruit. <laughs> so, yes, my father had a war with a woodchuck and pretty much lost a, a, a car out of it. Well, I, I guess my best answer for how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood would be a buttload. That, that's my best unit of measure I can give you. Um, Did you know that a buttload is actually a real unit of measure? It is. It's actually a cask yeah, of wine. Just it's ask a barrel of wine. 
It's actually, I believe, hundred was it one hundred twenty six gallons of wine? Actually, a big, a big one of those big casks, the big barrels. A uh, hundred and eight imperial gallons, I believe. Hmm. Is it one hundred and eight? I think it's one hundred and eight imperial gallons. I'm going to test me on it. What is it? Um... Now, just just for clarification, while I may have said I've drank a buttload of rum, I have not actually drank. A buttload of 126 rum. gallons. Ha! 126. Got it. But how many imperial gallons? Oh, Jesus. Because that's what I remember a buttload as 108 imperial gallons. I don't know why that's stuck in my head. Yeah, I probably read it when I was drunk, and that's why it's stuck in my head it's now. It's not a nice number. <laughs> Assuming that the gallon measurement they gave me was U.S. gallons, it's like 100 and it's almost 105. Let's see, a pipe? Okay, so, well, anywho, I'm close enough. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, well, a hogshead is a fourth a turn, so it's 66 imperial gallons for a hoghead. That'd make it about 132 for imperial gallons, I think. Nah, I, th- I think I think you're off. I, c- I could be drinking drunk. Some, probably. Well, hey, there you go. If if you can. If you can write into us and tell us how many imperial gallons a buttload is, correct all of us because obviously our googling skills, even for even for the great Blue Shark Forty Five, who is not blue nor a shark nor forty five, and he's not drinking, <laughs> he can't even figure it out. So, uh, actually, actually, Cecil's right. I found it. Uh, for the imperial imperial gallons is one hundred and five. Oh, you never want to say that I'm right, though. Like that's so. 126 gallons was by U.S. definitions, which is what I had, which was I was right. So technically, we were both right. I love it. Apparently, 105 imperial gallons equals 126 U.S. gallons. All right, I love holy it. We're shit! Both right. All right. So They're next question. Right. Next this question. This calls for a Mexican standoff. Is that pants on or pants off? Uh, busted zipper gets you extra points. Just call me Dirty Sanchez. All right, so the next question comes from, actually, Jay, uh, oh, crap, I, I've already forgot how to say Mechanica. Mechanica. Mucky. There you go. Thank you. Machina. So, <laughs> Machina. Mechanica. God, I'm, I'm never going to be able to say that sober, let alone nope. I can't say it drunk, so it doesn't matter. But anyways, <laughs> why is Mechanica so pretty? Um, Gears and shit. Because when I think of Mechanica, I think of Gears. I would probably say, I would probably say, why is Mechanica so pretty? Would probably be the level of drinking we're doing. I, I can't, I can't say for all of us, but yeah, it's, it's probably how much we've drank in it. Right now, I would probably walk up Got to a this? tree stump and think right. it looks pretty. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Honestly, I, I gotta say, I think Mechanica is so pretty because, I mean. It's right on the waterfront, and you've, you've got oh, a great oh, view oh, of the bay. Oh, he's talking about the place, not himself. I have no clue. Okay. I mean, I'm going with the place. I mean, you can interpret it however the fuck you want to interpret it, but that's I'm going with the place. It's right on the waterfront. I mean, Newburyport is is a great urban area. Um, I wonder if they have a Newberry Comics. Um, it probably does. I mean, why not? Why wouldn't they have a Newberry Comics? Yeah, everywhere, everywhere seems to. I mean, granted, but again, they're they're closed right now, so... They can't help you right now, so don't don't even try to get there now. They're they're not gonna help. Uh, what about you, Blue Shark? Why do you think Mechanica is so pretty? Gears and shit. I like I like, I like that, that okay. answer. I, th- I, I think I think the consensus <laughs> right, is cool. gears and shit. So we're gonna we're gonna go with gears and shit. And shit. Um, 
All right. So actually, this next one comes from from you, D, from Microbrew Gamer. So some of yep. us on the cast, along with many listeners, have kids. What are your favorite picks for good kid-friendly games? Man, that is a great question. That is actually and what a I mean really by great question. Not just like not just safe for kids, but safe for kids, and are actually just fun to play even as an adult. Oh man. Okay. Um, Mario man. Kart. Yeah, I was gonna say let's let's put a cap on this. Let's give let's let's give two or three games maximum because yeah, it could go pretty crazy. So you say Mario Kart? You got any other ones? Blue Kart or Blue Shark? Blue Kart. <laughs> Blue Kart. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're slowly we're slowly renaming them. Um, Mario Kart and um, I mean just any Mario Kart game is good uh, for that, but I haven't That's played it myself. But from what I've seen of it, Splatoon. <clears throat> okay, okay. What about you, Zyberblood? What do you say are good um, kid-friendly games? Well, the wife and I like to play the Kirby games. I consider them a kid-friendly game, as well as uh, the Shrek games. They were fun. Okay. Um, also, yeah, um, it was another uh, DreamWorks game, the one with Jack Frost. Oh, Guardians. Yes. Very nice. What about you, D? Your own question. What are some kid-friendly games you can think of? One thing I liked a lot that was pretty kid-friendly and I thought was a really good platformer was uh, PS2's Jack and Daxter. Mm, nice, nice one. Nice. I nice. really like the Jack and Daxter series. Also, PS1, I love the Crash Bandicoot series, which I think is the whole series is, is, is safe uh. for kids and a lot of fun. I don't know. I, it feels like uh, the Crash Bandicoot has a little hidden uh, adult humor, but not stuff that the kids are going to yeah. catch. Like my kids, like age. the Disney movies have that shit, and they don't catch it. Yeah, the Disney <laughs> movies do. Do um, you said do do? Yeah, <laughs> brain. And Narf. For the last one, I would actually probably say something like PS One's Croc. Right. Croc was great. I can respect actually, that. or also, actually, also the uh, what's a good, uh, especially if they don't have quite the hand-eye coordination. Mario sixty-four on the N sixty-four was great for the kids to monkey around with, where they could at least be interested enough at you know at my son's age to run around. But uh, but it, it, it's something they can carry them through till they get older and actually develop hand-eye coordination and go somewhere. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, if I had to make some top picks on that. Um... I got to spread it out just a little bit. Uh, I think I'd probably have to go with probably top pick would be like the Wii sports games. Um, there's a lot oh, of Wii right. games so out much there. Fun. Uh, but yeah. I think the, the Wii's really kid friendly. I, th- I think the Wii sports games, you know, the bowling, the tennis, gets kids up off the off the couch, um, gets them moving, especially for those younger kids who. Great for drinking games, also. Well, yeah, especially for adults. I mean, you want to get, you want to get completely blitzed and play bowling. That's a fantastic night. But yep. uh, oh god! But on the kid Memories, on the kids side though, yeah. On, on the kids side though, I think uh, I think the Wii Sports games are really good because they're they're simplistic. They're easy to pick up. They're not difficult to really play at all, um, and they get you moving. They don't take a lot of hand eye coordination. And that's great for my kids' age. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. I, I like that. Yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't take a lot. There's not a lot of controls. There's not a lot of map. There's not a lot of extra things that you got to do. Um, I think my second pick would be maybe a little step up uh, for kids' games. Maybe not necessarily your kids' age, right around right around now, D. Yeah. But maybe my kid um, would be the the Mario Party games. 
Those are fantastic. A lot of little mini games in it. Uh, A lot of. a lot of a lot of different mini games, so that it's the same controller, but there are different things to do. So it it definitely enhances the hand eye coordination because you're doing different things, but they're all simplistic, repetitive things. But they're fun. It's a fun game. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's got a mild competitive element to it, so that you can brag to your friend, "Hey, I beat you." Um, but it's not the it's not the Call of Duty. I fucked your mom. You know, it's it's the <laughs> it's the yeah, the hey, I I just beat you and Bowser ate you, ha ha ha. You know what's really good, like along those Mario uh, Party game themes, um, <clears throat> and and it's safe to play around kids, but you, as adults you'll appreciate it a lot more. There's a really good Wii game that does like the Mario Party, only kind of like more like an RPG ish. It's called Doki Pond Kingdom. I've got about two copies. It's actually getting to be rare, but Doki Pond Kingdom is an excellent game. Um, and my third pick would have to be, and Dokupon Kingdom is, is good. I enjoy that. My third pick um, would have to actually be somewhere around where my kid is and maybe a little bit older would be um, the creative games minus the multiplayer function of it, like uh, Minecraft, uh, Terraria, Starbound. Oh, God, Starbound. I love Actually, my daughter is, is, is only six, and she is really digging... Um, the uh, Mario Maker game. Yeah, yeah. I think those creative games um, bring another f- another focus on kids gaming. You know, while while like the the Mario Party works on hand eye coordination of doing different things in the same game using the same controller, while the Wii game like Wii Sports gets you up and moving and active and motion. I think the creative games like Minecraft. Uh, I think those really get the brain working and cultivate that creative. Um, spatial awareness too um, yeah yeah spatial Critical awareness uh, well that brings us actually to the end of the questions of the audience um, so we want to give a big a huge shout out to Tahoe Anime he's the rad artist that creates our logos he's on several logos for us check him out on Twitch and Twitter at Tahoe Anime all one word um, you can find him there check him out give him a follow give him a like is that Tahoe, like T-A-H-O-E? Or? T- yep, that's it. Tahoe Anime, exactly how it sounds. Um, look him up. Fantastic artist. Does some great uh, anime-style pixel art. Just check him out. Definitely worthwhile. And i um, sure if you reach out to him, he can help you out as well. So, uh, Zyberblood, tell people where they can find you at. Well, you can find me at pretty much... Everything and anything at Zyberblood. That's Z-Y-B-E-R-B-L-O-O-D. But mostly on our Discord, uh, YouTube, Twitter, and just started VidMe. Blue Shark, where can people find you at? Um, You can find me also on our Discord. um, But you can also find me on Twitter, uh, at BlueShark45. You can find me on Twitch. I promise I'm going to be streaming. Not 45. I promise I'll be streaming this weekend. <laughs> this weekend. Uh, <laughs> this weekend? <laughs> sorry. And you're uh, not even drinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> words are hard. Uh, Twitch.tv slash TheBlueShark45. Um, and you can find me on Bing. Yeah, I know. I might just push him into a tornado. A Sharknado? Blue shark tornado. Blue shark tor- Blue shark tornado. Not go. 45 of them, just one. <laughs> D, where can people find you at, man? Well, they can find me at practically anything at Microbrew Gamers with a Z at the end, not an S. 
Uh, take a look at microbrewgamers.com. has links to my other stuff. And what I have not have a link to yet is I just started to check out VidMe, so you can also find me on VidMe. Very nice. And I am your host, Cecil Xavier. You can find me on, uh, definitely on our Discord channel. Come join. Hang us out. Uh, hang us out. Hang out with us. Um, I promise I'm not always drunk. There's a very good chance I am drunk, but I'm not always drunk. Uh, you can find me on Twitch at Cecil Xavier after, off of Twitch TV. Um, I'm also on Facebook at Cecil Xavier. Also, on the, we've got a, a Facebook account. But um, thank you. You know, we hope you all enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Uh, review us on iTunes helps people find the show. Uh, you can also find us on Android with Google Play Music or Pod Addict. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at GNA Podcast. Or you can join us on our Discord chat. Uh, see the pinned tweet on Twitter. Facebook. We are also on Facebook. Search us at GNA Podcast. We've started playing and hosting games uh, and guests on our Twitch feed, www.twitch.tv forward slash GNA Twitchcast. We are a proud member of the Ninja pa- Pancake community. Find us there at ninjapancake.com forward slash GNA. Email us with questions, comments, death threats, whatever the hell you want, at GNA Podcast, at GNA in your DNA dot one. With, uh, we'd love to hear from you, especially if you can tell me what the hell the name of that movie that I've been searching for forever. Please let me know. I'm dying to hear it. I know what I want to find out the answer for. Uh, don't tell me the meaning of life. No. I want to know just how good the people that run Ninja Pancake how good their pancake skills are really are <laughs> right there right there i i i love pancakes and i like ninjas so i i have high hopes i have high expectations for that ninja quality pancakes <laughs> i my stomach is rumbling already and and yeah it's not just because i got a little fat well thank you all for joining us have a great night <laughs> night guys have a good night frost skull